This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I am your host, Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and with me as always, my partner in crime, Lance Williams, out on the West Coast, just got home from work. What's going on, Lance? Just call me Duck Williams. See, you've got the duck hat on. I've got the Pittsburgh Pirates. Spring training is upon us. Baseball is back. Is that pain pain squared? (laughs) Hey, look at it this way. For the steel for the pirate fans out there, and I don't want to spend too much time on baseball. For pirate fans out there and other teams like the Orioles and the Royals, now's the time that you love baseball because once the season starts, it's gonna suck. And so you might as well just enjoy it now. So I will wear my pirate stuff. I always wear my pirate stuff on with pride. So, anyways, there's a lot to talk about tonight, and a lot of this could be some heavy topics and uh some discussion that I think is gonna be I think it's especially the headline of this episode is is a really good one. Lance sent this to me. I did, I'm not going to take credit for that. Lance thought of this one, and he said, man, I was like, this is a really good topic. And so, yes, we are going to be talking about the Mason Rudolph-Miles Garrett situation and Mike Tomlin going on ESPN's first take and giving his thoughts on the situation, but we're not going to rehash everything that's already been discussed. Brian Anthony Davis and Tony Defio did a good job with that on the now Steelers Q&A in the offseason. The hangover has been suspended until the season starts back up. Um, and even and Literally. even the and yeah, and even the brother Schofield did a good job with it last night. But Lance, as a black African American male, you bring a different perspective to this discussion in all ways, shapes, and forms. But I don't want to talk about that just yet. We're going to get to that. Let's talk about the headline of this episode. And that is Does Mike Tomlin 
doing something that he never does. Folks, I can't stress this enough. If you don't pay attention in the offseason, Mike Tomlin will talk at the season-ending press conference. He will not speak to media again until the coaches' meetings down in Florida or wherever they are this year, and that's typically right before the league year starts. And then he won't talk again until the draft. And after the draft, he doesn't talk at all until, I think, training camp or maybe if they force him to talk at mini camp or OTAs. The guy doesn't want to talk to media. He's one of the few coaches, I think one of two, I think Belichick's the other one, that do not speak to media at the Combine. Every other NFL head coach stands at a podium and they answer questions at the NFL Combine, except Mike Tomlin. He voluntarily went on ESPN. <laughs> I can't stress how if you follow the Steelers and you follow what Mike Tomlin does and says, this was huge. Say that Mike, again, Jeff. What? Voluntarily. He voluntarily. No one voluntarily goes on the ESPN. So no. bad. And I thought kudos to Stephen A. Smith. I normally am not a big Stephen A. Smith fan. I thought he did a good job with the interview. He gave the questions, and then Tomlin, he just let him go. Just let him go. At the very end, he asked some questions about things like Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. But you brought up the point. Does Mike Tomlin voluntarily going on ESPN and adamantly defending Mason Rudolph? Does it mean that Mason Rudolph is, or should I say the Steelers view Mason Rudolph as the next, the future quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers? What are your thoughts? You know, I'm going to do something, Jeff, that you hate. I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to start it off by answering it with a question by saying simply, do you think he would have protected Dean Kane? No. <laughs> so with that being said, I think the passion, first of all, let me just say, if there's a definition of how your friend or family member should hold you down, then that video is how somebody should support you in a tough situation. I mean, you can't hold somebody down better than Mike Tomlin did Mason Rudolph in that interview with Stephen A. Smith. With that being said, and with everything that you laid out, absolutely it says that Mason Rudolph is the next quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Couple that with the draft assets. Couple that with everything else when it Say honorable. I should just say Tomlin is a an excuse my French YouTube. Um, he's a grown ass man. And I mean, you pretty much saw that. I mean, and as much as he is that, he doesn't do that for anyone else. He doesn't do that for many particular players on that football team. He's just not going to put himself out there. Let's just say for a guy that may not be on the roster. <laughs> You know, he's not going to do that for a camp arm. You know, he, you know, he's not going to do that for some guy that's the 82nd guy on the roster that they brought back in that 11th week or whatever that game was. He's not going to do that. So given the way he did it, the passion that he showed in doing it, and what you said, Jeff, given that he did it at all, yes, I think that says that, uh, Mason Rudolph is the quarterback of the future. Now, of course, Mason Rudolph could stink it up and, you know, 
his performance on the football field could, could make all that be moot. But as of today, you know, he rode for his quarterback. And they and, and it's his backup quarterback. And that's and it's his backup quarterback too. <laughs> to me, I look at it and say, you know, he's doing this for his backup quarterback. And this isn't Ben Roethlisberger. He doesn't have to go out there and defend Mason Rudolph. Um, I think this is I think this is a is as much about Art Rooney as it is Mike Tomlin. I guarantee that this had to be run by uh Art Rooney, AR2 as we call him on the show. I guarantee you that he had to get, Hey, I'm thinking about, we got to do something. I guess the question for me is, you know, he, he's a hundred, hundred thousand percent behind Mason Rudolph believes every word that he says he went on ESPN and talked about how he has a lot of really good relationships with people on the Cleveland Browns within that organization. And they never, never said a thing. The only person that is cooperating that, Miles Garrett said right after the event that he was called a racial slur was John Dorsey, the now ex general manager of the Browns. He said that Garrett told him that immediately afterwards, but he told no one else. The situation is strange and it has become, you know, well, he's saying this and he's saying that no one's really ever going to know the NFL is not going to release audio. I know a lot of people have said that they should, People also said they should have released the Spygate tape, the footage, and guess what? That got destroyed. So that's not going to happen, period. Other than that, I think Tomlin just kind of, he kind of nipped it in the bud as best as he could. I, I think that after he goes on ESPN, there's not many people that are saying anything about this other than, well, Mike Tomlin just went on to ESPN and ripped ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he pretty much, man, he really... And I, and I love the way he did it because he he called into question ESPN's, you know, e, e, I've watched ESPN since it came out, it, since 1979. I've had ESPN when they used to show curling, you know. I mean, they used to show the most uh, bizarre sports ever. I've been watching ESPN my whole life. ESPN is terrible. It, it, is, a, it is a terrible network. They narrative spin so bad that it's just really hard. To, it's it's really hard to have any faith in what they're reporting, other than if it's actually a stat. Um, so I love when he took OTL to task in trying to paint it out as uh, he said, she said, and like I was telling you, Jeff, you know, for for a black coach to defend a guy in this fashion and risk his credibility, you can pretty much guarantee that Mason Rudolph didn't say it. I mean, there's no way in the world that Mike Tom is going to defend um, a racist QB, particularly if it were a racist backup QB. He wouldn't even support the racist, a racist starter QB. And I don't think the organization would either, knowing its past and, and, and the relationship that the Roonies have had with the African-American community in Pittsburgh. And given the fact that the Roonies are from the North side themselves and grew up around African-Americans. So I, there's no way that I, that I think Mason Rudolph said it, but um, you know, Mike Tomlin is, he has a way of, you know, breaking it down to the very last compound as KRS one would say. Well, you know, that, 
And you say Mike Tomlin wouldn't go on national television and publicly support a backup white quarterback if he had any inkling that he used a racial slur. My question is, is would Marquise Pouncey do what he did if he had no. any inkling that Mar? No, no way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I told you, Jeff, like when we were texting each other, I mean, like the worst thing that like one of the worst things an African-American, be, can, a man especially, can be called is a Tom. I mean, nobody wants to be painted as a Tom and you'll be painted as a Tom if people think you're defending a racist dude and you're not going to just give up all your credibility to do that. I, you know, and I don't think the Roonies would put him in that position to do that. And, you know, I think if Mason Rudolph would have said what he's being, you know, alleged of saying, I think he would have got traded. They would have traded him immediately. I think they would have said, well, you know, this is not the type of character that we want in our locker room. You know, he's not a stand-up individual. You know, he's not a stand-up grown man. We don't condone that type of behavior. And I think they would have shipped Mason Rudolph out of there. I mean, you just find another backup quarterback. I mean, it's not as if he's a, you know, he's, you know, the cap hit or the dead money charge is $25 million. No, you just recycle that guy and get another guy that may not be able to play or be inconsistent. So. The more this all adds up, it just doesn't look good for Miles Garrett. And 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 if I would have advised, you know, being an older dude, I would have advised Miles Garrett to just handle that business in between the lines. Knock Ben out so you can knock Rudolph out. Go get 15 sacks against the Steelers next season. Knock all the quarterbacks out. If that's how you feel, handle it on the football field. Let me just say this before we go to our next talking point. Not every NFL head coach could do what Mike Tomlin did the other day. And that is go on to ESPN. And he has a way with words. We've said that a million times on this show. He knows how to manipulate conversations, interviews, even Q&A sessions like in a press conference. He knows how to use the English language. He is a wordsmith. And you could just see every question Stephen A. lobbed up at him. And it, he didn't ask, I don't think, softball questions. He gave the coach a chance to explain himself and why he's there. Not every NFL coach could have done that. Just going to say that right off the bat. Or would have done it. I mean, we saw with the Riley Cooper, you know, the Riley Cooper incident years ago with the Philadelphia Eagles, and they tried to kind of sweep it under the, the rug. with the, You know, I think it was the issue with the calendar. and stuff. I mean, so... Yeah, Mike Tomlin wasn't going to put up with that. I mean, he wasn't going to put up with that in his locker room if it were true. I mean, there's no way in the world. And there's no way in the world they would have asked him to do that. Um, I could could see Mike Tomlin being an individual. If they asked him if it were true and they asked him to cover it up, I could see Mike Tomlin saying, man, I'm not going to do that, man. I'm just going to walk away from this situation. You guys can have it. My time here has been great, but I'm not going to do that. You guys can hire somebody else to do that. If you if you if you respect me like I think you do, uh, maybe you don't because you're asking me to do this and I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and walk away and y'all can go ahead and have that and deal with that. I'm gone. I've been well compensated. Somebody will hire me um, in two seconds. Maybe. You're right. I I like what Ryan Kellerman said in response to my comment about how not every NFL coach could do this. He writes. Could you imagine Freddie Kitchens trying to do that? <laughs> his T-shirt. What would his T-shirt instead? <laughs> Yo, man, Freddie Kitchens, boy. 
It, was he ever a coordinator? Uh, and uh, what was that guy? Um, yeah, he was the coordinator. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What was that guy in Texas that ripped? Um, what was the black coach that that uh, was the head coach of Texas? And uh, I think it was Red McCombs. One of the big boosters said he'd make a fine coordinator. He kind of just ripped him like he shouldn't have been the head coach. Freddie Kitchens is just a coordinator. He's, he's just a coordinator. And I think what it comes down to is successful head coaches are leaders of men. Yes. I mean, you've been a good coach. I've been an average coach. Um, and, you know, your team is looking to you for guidance. I mean, they're going to take cues from you. And if you handle yourself like a grown-ass man, they will. I agree. Now, the one thing that is different from this round of discussions, because let's remember, we all have talked about this before when the first allegations came out after the, um, oh shoot, that's after he tried to get his suspension decreased. And that's Miles Garrett we're referring to. Um, we talked about all this. And this was at the time where Mason Rudolph's legal team kind of said, look, man, if you're going to be saying this stuff, we could always threaten legal action. After the second time, he goes on national TV, does the interview with Mina Kynes of ESPN. Talk about a softball interview, by the way. Um, my goodness, now his legal team is saying, it's not an if, it's more of a, if we choose to, it's a, it's a when. You know, it's a when are we going to, and that's a question. Should, in your opinion, Lance, should Mason Rudolph actually take legal action against Miles Garrett? I'm going to answer this two ways. I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I think it's more of a distraction for the football team. And that's me speaking as a fan of the team. I'm going to put myself in the shoes of Mike Tomlin. If I'm Mike Tomlin, and I think he said this, I'm pretty sure he said this, I would tell Mason Rudolph to do whatever you feel is best for yourself and your situation. We support you. If you feel like your character has been damaged to the point you need to do this and get recompense for this in this matter, then you need to do it and we will support you. Uh, I tell you what, he is, you get labeled a racist. That's very damning. And just the allegations of it are damning. Oh, no, yeah, it's absolutely. not as bad as you. It's not as bad as say like Riley Cooper, where it was caught on video and that video went viral, and then all of a sudden it's it's not a he said he said. It is a no. You video said it because it's right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> video said that you said. <laughs> right, right. So it's not that, but at the same time, there's a stigma around Mason Rudolph now, just like there's a stigma around Miles Garrett. It's a different one, but there's a stigma around Mason Rudolph now, and I could see how he. He came out on Twitter and, and said immediately after that interview came out, he goes, he's trying to assassinate my character. I get that. I, I think that if he wanted to sue, sue Miles Garrett, sue him, you know, but if you're going to do it, do it now. That's that yeah. would be my advice. Yeah. If you're going to yeah, do yeah. it, do it now. Don't wait. Sue him. And I think the NFL and this is I was listening to the Dan Patrick show and he had a source from the NFL. He does have several people on the inside of the league. And he said that they are going to try to get Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett and Commissioner Roger Goodell in a room together and try to hammer this thing out and get kind of really put an end to this that, before the new bad. league year. That's I understand. You know, the, 
you know, that's bad. I mean, the NFL is always going to try to control the narrative and, and get the issue back to football. I, I, I have an interesting Dan Patrick uh, take that I, I, I want to do at the end of the show. Okay. I, I have these, you know, no, I did not kill Dan Patrick like I killed Tupac. Um, (laughs) no, but you know, the NFL should get out of that business. You know, the NFL, this is the, the NFL should, should manage football, not manage a person's personal affairs. And I, I get what the NFL wants to do, given the whole climate around Kaepernick, social justice, they want the focus to be football, not anything outside of football. So I understand that. But let that man handle his business. And I agree with you, Jeff. If if I'm Tomlin, that's the thing I would add to the point that I made. Do this before the season starts. I need you to be focused on football because more than being falsely labeled as a racist, if you can't play football, that will get you out of the league even quicker. So mm-hmm. right now where you're at in your career, you have to focus on being the best professional football player you can be. Because if you are and you demonstrate that you can be a very good quality backup, you will play for the next 12 years, regardless of the rumor. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You suck, you'll be gone. So focus on football. Leave that rest of that stuff till after the season or before the season. Well, you know, the the NFL is a billion-dollar entity. And so, yes, you say manage football, but they also have an image to uphold. And, And you know what Roger Goodell likes to do. He's always got his hands and everything. And that's part of the CBA that they signed over almost 10 years ago was that they gave him this ultimate power. And so he sometimes, in my opinion, puts, gets his nose into places that he shouldn't be, you know, and this would be one of them. Ali says, God willing, this is the most we've talked about. We'll talk about Rudolph. (laughs) Let's let him hide on the bench. (laughs) I I know that I knew when we were going to talk about this, that people were going to say, come on, like we've talked about this a lot. We haven't talked about this a lot. Yeah, we have um, not. But at the same time, I think that we're bringing a new perspective to these conversations. So keep that in mind. Go ahead, Lane. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the NFL is just, a, it's a very interesting league. I mean, all, we obviously love the NFL, love the Steelers. We love the product. Um, you know, the NFL, like you said, tries to control all the narratives. I mean, but, you know, let that, let, let that man deal with this how he chooses to deal with it. I mean. I mean, NFL is a billion-dollar entity that sells one game seven different ways. <laughs> they don't even repurpose it or repackage it. It's just the same game, CBS, ESPN, NFL Network, yep. Twitter, YouTube. I mean, they just – I mean, And I, here we are, seven podcasts or more a week in the offseason yes. <laughs> talking yes. about the I mean, NFL. so uh, – <laughs> I mean, it is. It's – it's, it's um, but I, but I understand why the league wants to get away from yeah. it. They want to steer the subject to football. 
Well, speaking of steering the subject, let's talk about the interview, but let's talk about something different because Stephen A. Smith was able to ask a few extra questions. I guarantee you these were not. I, I don't know if ESPN and Stephen A. gave Mike Tomlin the questions they were going to ask. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. I guarantee you those last few were not. I think Stephen A. might have been had someone in his ear saying, hey, you still have like, uh, you have like a minute left before break. So if you have any other questions, he goes, I've got questions. He asked him about... Um, Mr. Gummy Richards, Mr. Third and Fifth, also known. He said, you know, what are your thoughts on Mr. Antonio Brown? He's been very apologetic, and he talked about the Steelers and maybe coming back to the Steelers. What are your thoughts? And Tomlin, in very Tomlin fashion, answers it, yet still leaves, you know, the slightest crack of the door because you just don't want to slam that shut. He said, once a Steeler, always a Steeler and Steeler fans everywhere. Probably like, what is he about to say? <laughs> yeah. And then he says, but we don't have any business interest right now in that guy. What were your thoughts on his comments about Antonio Brown? I thought he answered it um, sort of in a way where, you know, you bring your, you know, you, you bring over a girlfriend to meet your parents for the first time and your mom is nice. Oh, she seems nice. You know, your mom is really nice to her, you know, when you guys are having dinner. But as soon as the door closes, she's like, don't bring her over here anymore. I can't stand her. <laughs> as soon as the cameras went off, they're like, why the H did he ask me that question? There's no way in the world I'm bringing that idiot back to the Steelers. But he couldn't say that. But he... He wordsmithed it like Tomlin, but there's no way in the world. That pretty much was Tomlin saying, uh, yeah, he could come back after I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that door open. I'll just leave it open for somebody else. It won't be me. Do you know how much nonsense I had to deal with oh to just get that guy to the field when he was here? Should be nominated for sainthood for after I mean, dealing with that. There's a lot of stuff that... I'm sure he should write a book one day. I'd read that would be a great read. He could do a book on AB. I'm sure. I'm sure there are so many between AB and Santonio Holmes. That that would be a best sale. That would be a bestseller. I would even Uh, go. I would go on and say that if he he could write a a book just on the killer bees. Yes. Just write a book on Ben Roethlisberger. What I guarantee there's stories there. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell. I want to know what happened. How he missed the walkthrough before the Jaguars playoff game in 2017 and all that stuff. Um, and I, I want to hear about Antonio Brown and all I, that would be a tremendous book. And so I'm sure that Mike Tom will have plenty of opportunities. Yeah, good to the, the, the killer bees gummy homes. <laughs> <laughs> before we move on to the next topic, snowman puts $5 in the tip jar. Isaac put $5 in the tip jar earlier. I'm going to get to that. Isaac. I, I just, we were right in the middle of a conversation. I didn't want to, pull a Brian Anthony Davis and just sporadically go to something else. So uh, we'll get to your question here at the, towards the end of the show. But snowman says, why didn't anyone else on the field hear Mason Rudolph call miles Garrett, that racial slur, the N word, um, the NFL. Say it. <laughs> well, well that, that would be exhibit a um, exhibit B would be that I, according to the NFL and their investigation, they pulled audio from like, for instance, centers are always mic'd up. That's how they get some of those cool sound bits of, of quarterbacks, you know, the whole Omaha, Omaha. A lot of that is coming from the center, believe it or not. Um, a lot of the boom mics on the sideline. I, I don't know. It may be that, someone that in the line. Me. Where do they put the mic on the center? 
if you're getting the it audio, might be, from it the might be in the back. It might be on their back. Okay, I was I had a weird image. See, but Miles My- Garrett said that they have a microphone in the helmet of the quarterback, and I'm thinking I don't. They have a microphone. They have speakers speaker. because the coordinator talks to them up until a certain point, and then it cuts off. I never knew if maybe I, I could be wrong. I'm not here to say that I'm the all knowing here, but I, I never knew that there was a microphone in a quarterback's helmet. It would make sense. Case. It would make sense if he wanted to check out and ask if, I mean, it would make sense that there was a mic so you could have a quick conversation to get into a different play. But they, they but don't I, do that. They don't do that. Yeah, There's never a don't. discussion. It's, you know, it's well, it's a one-sided conversation, but supposedly they pulled, you know, the, the boom mics from the sideline. They pulled all the auto. They couldn't find anything. Has, did miles Garrett ever say when it happened? Was it in that final scrum? He tackles him. Is that when he said it? Is that when the accusation? I I have no idea. I mean, I mean, I just know, I mean, I've been in my share of fights. I mean, when you're in a fight, you're not whispering like Jim Nance when he's caught, when he's calling golf putts, I mean, so, I mean, you're yelling for sure. I mean, so, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's not whispering. You're the N-word. Like, he's not whispering. <laughs> like, he's not, he's not whispering. You, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were a bunch of MFs and you, you know, I'm sure there was a bunch of stuff being said, like, or I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. Nah, but, let's know, let's you know, let's move know. on to the real news of the Mike Tomlin interview. And that was when they talked about number seven, your best bud, Ben Roethlisberger. That's right. Lance's favorite players got all the jerseys. Um, he said, how's Ben looking? And he, do you have any hesitation? He goes, I, Mike Tomlin says, I have no hesitation. He goes, how's he looking? He's looking great, but he's not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, <laughs> I heard that and I was like, oh man, Lance is going to go off on that. He's not doing anything. Where's the video of him on a treadmill? But you know, he did go to public, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, that is. Uh, It was last week. He was at the West Virginia basketball game with your boy, Ryan Switzer. He was there. So you bet you know he's making the team next year. And uh, he had the mountain man look and he had the coonskin hat from the Mountaineer mascot. Ben didn't look as big as I thought, though. Like there was I was going to say that I was going to give him some love. Like what? he looks, no. he looks in shape. <laughs> His beard just looks heavy. I think was it, you said he said looked in shape. He looks skinny. I'm, he looks skinny. Okay, I'm not going to give him the in shape tag, but but his I beard looks heavy. <laughs> like he doesn't look like I would look if I, you know, if I wasn't working out for like seven months. So he looks like he's kept himself in decent shape. His beard just looks heavy. It, was he growing that out for the Kiesel thing? or No, he still has it because the Kiesel thing's passed. According to Roethlisberger, this is from, I don't know, like Tracy Wolfson, a sideline reporter during the season. She said that Roethlisberger said he's not going to shave until he can start throwing again. Now, if you paid attention to our episodes and our website, bindingsteelcurtain.com, it's only two days from when this is being recorded, the 21st, when Roethlisberger's appointment is supposed to happen. And that's when throw, he can start. Well, throw what, though? Well, he's just going to start throwing. Now, you're asking, like, is he have to throw a football to shave? Yeah. I don't know that answer. But at the same time, when it comes down to just throwing something. So, like, he'll probably start off. I remember when Andrew Luck was coming off his shoulder injury prior to his retirement. He didn't throw a full-size football until – like the right before the season started, he was throwing these mini footballs and the youth size footballs 
because it had to do with shoulder mechanics and stuff. I'm sure they have a plan in place for what he can do. So there you go. That's the wrong comment. I was trying to get Wes's comment, which is this one. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question, Wes. Uh, he says he does. I don't know. Um, I don't eat well. I, I do. I do work out, but I don't. I don't eat well. Well, so only one way to fix that: eat better. <laughs> you got it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I do come up with answers. Well, hopefully, Ben donates the beard to charity or does something like that. I mean, the beard. The beard is creepy. I'm sure his wife is ready for the beard to go. I'm sure she'll be like, "Look, as soon as you can throw anything, cut that thing off." <laughs> I can't the Kiesel's at least it gets into that it turns into like that long beard it almost looks like hair on top of your head and Ben's is just like this giant I don't afro know, just, yeah, there you go it's afro it's a beard afro puffs afro it's a beard fro. big up to I see in the live chat crunch crunch uh, my granddad is Bahamian so big up to crunch crunch from the Bahamas I was recently you know, in the Bahamas this uh, this summer. So uh, big up the Crunch Crunch and, and, and the good folks of the Bahamas. Uh, yeah, never been there. Need to go. So the next topic, what's you're that? Not, you're not going, Jeff. You're, you're. <laughs> not in the next 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going nowhere. You better build a beach out back. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, Lance had sent me some other ideas for the show that didn't relate to Mason Rudolph or Miles Garrett or Mike Tomlin's interview. So, we are going to talk about some football stuff that's not related to that. And it was a screenshot of a, I don't even know, is this person like some writer or is this just a random tweet? That I, you saw? I, I saw it on, on Twitter. Obviously. Um, Hence yeah, the name of the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a random tweet. Okay, so it's a random Twitter. tweet. Okay, so this person at Prime Blair, B-L-A-I-R, we'll give him credit, they came out with their own personal rankings for things like the most overrated NFL player, the most overrated NFL team, et cetera, et cetera. And so Lance said, let's talk about this and let's give our own rankings. Now, if you're watching with live in on YouTube, you're in the live chat, Feel free to join in on the fun, and we'll probably talk about some of your answers. Maybe put them, a couple of them on the screen here. Let's talk about first the most overrated NFL team. Lance, who would you categorize as the most overrated NFL team in 2019 going into 2020? The most overrated NFL team. I have mine. Go ahead and give me yours. The Dallas Cowboys. Yes, overrated oh, NFL team because that, that they are one. constantly this giant hype machine that yes. never does jack squat. That's yes. my answer. Do you have a different yes. one? I'm going to give you a different one because I work near their facility. Uh, the Las Vegas, <laughs> the lost, the now Las Vegas Raiders. And the reason why they're uh, the most overrated NFL team is because they've moved, what, three times? Anytime you yeah. move two or three times, you're overrated, period. How you move out of Oakland twice? They moved to L.A., Oakland, Oakland, now Las Vegas, overrated. All right, I like that, and that, that that I felt like there was a little personal vendetta in there. Yeah, Raiders <laughs> fans, <laughs> you're not going to have to worry about it too much anymore. I'm sure they're Raiders. all going to move to Vegas. 
Okay, let's go to the next one. This is a tough one for me because there's a lot of players that would put on that most overrated NFL player. Hmm. Now, I'll give you, I'm not going to say this because I definitely wouldn't agree with it, but this individual that put this on Twitter, he said Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to say that. That's your boy. That's your boy. That's a, is yes, that a just bear? recently, yes. Yeah, he used to say Butte, Butte Junior College. But now that he says Cal, Golden Bears, um, I can, but I, oh, but I am going to give you an overrated player, and it's a Cal player too. That's oh overrated. Let me go exactly. first, then, since you're thinking. I am Jerry thinking. Goff. Jared Goff is. Ooh, he just Jared, got that monster deal, though. Yes, Jared Goff represents 18 percent of the LA Rams salary cap. He is super overrated, and I hate to say it because he's a Cal Golden Bear. Jared Goff is average. He is super overrated. When you talk about accomplishment, salary, yeah, he's super overrated. So I'm going with, with my cow guy, Jared Goff. I'm trying to think of a non-quarterback because we all know how important quarterbacks are and everyone immediately thinks to quarterbacks. I'm trying to think of a non-quarterback that would be considered. It. Todd Gurley, Steeler fan, number 74, brings that up. That's a, that's a good one. Um Oh gosh, Baker Mayfield's being brought up a lot. I could definitely oh, see yes. that. Baker oh, Mayfield yes. is super overrated. Um, All those commercials for no production. Oof. They, they are funny commercials. I do have to laugh. <laughs> no, you know, you know why I laugh at the Baker commercials? Because he's garbage. He's garbage on the field, and I laugh every time I see his commercial. Like, dude, his agent was great. His agent was great. Got him all these commercials, and he stinks. Man, I'm trying to think of a good overrated player that's not a quarterback. Really, really, hmm. Ali says Brian Switzer. When you say over, <laughs> overrated with who? You know, I mean, that's the question. Over, I, the, here we go. I, I was thinking about this player. I wasn't sure. Ryan Kellerman says it. I'm going to say it. I think Odell Beckham Jr. If I'm looking for non-quarterbacks, he said, hasn't been the same since the catch. And that's that's what Ryan says. That's absolutely truth. He has not been the same since he had that one-handed catch. Um, that's I Yeah. I would love to see him possibly in black and gold and prove everybody wrong. I will say that. Uh, El Busto, Jarvis Jones, but he's not even in the national. See, overrated, overrated to me means someone is really hyped as great and they're not great. Jarvis Jones, since the moment he stepped on the St. Vincent College campus, I don't think anyone ever said, this guy's great. So I wouldn't put him in there. If you're talking about all-time bus, maybe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> even, even Mayfield commercials are done with an empty stadium. Great vodka drinker. Yep. Yeah, yes, they are. There you go. So, okay, let's go to the next one. This is going to be easier for you than it is for me. I haven't been in a lot of stadiums, but is the most overrated stadium in the NFL to you? Um, I can only give you what I think would be the most overrated from perception, but I can't give you like a lot of real life experience. So I'll let you go first. I was going to say MT Bank. Because MT Bank was absolutely overrated. There was no redeeming quality of MT Bank. But I'm going to stay on the West Coast. The Oakland Coliseum is awful. The Oakland Coliseum is awful. The last Raider game I went to, 
you couldn't even use the bathroom because the septic system was backed up uh. and it was just terrible. Oakland Coliseum is old. The sight lines are terrible and it's dangerous because they're, they're, I've seen someone literally fall over the side. A drunk guy just fell over the side. I don't know if he died or not, but there were no guardrails. Nothing. He just oh fell gosh. over the side. Not only did you I kill mean, Tupac, you witnessed a uh, potential yes, suicide, and you didn't yes. even do anything but about it. But he was so liquored up, he probably just hit the ground and bounced and just got up. Whatever you tell walking. yourself to make you let you sleep better at night, I guess. Yeah, Oakland Coliseum <laughs> is absolutely terrible. Um, I'm going to go from personal experience here, and I'm going to say um, that FedEx Field, which is where the Washington Redskins play, uh, this was supposed to be, you know, the next big mega stadium that was going to house all these Super Bowls and Dan Snyder's baby. And man, not only is it not even in the District of Columbia, it's not even in the state of Maryland. It's in Virginia, um, which is a big thing for me. It's like, how do you get to the Washington Redskins and your, your stadium's not even there? Um, but living in Maryland, I've been there to see the Steelers play in the preseason. And it's awful. The stadium itself is awful. The surface, the playing surface is, oh, it's horrible. Ask Robert Griffin III about the playing surface. It, it ruined his career. Um, and then there's literally, this is sounds stupid. There is one way in and one way out of that stadium. So you can only imagine the traffic nightmares that oh. occur at FedEx Field. It is a cluster F every single time there's an event, not just the game, an event there. I can't stand that place. I'll never go back, but that's just mine from personal experience. The stick was awful too. Candlestick was awful. It was the same way. One way in, one way out. And famously, I went to the uh, I went to the fame, I shouldn't say famously. I went to the famous blackout game. And so we were sitting in there and candlestick goes dark. Well, I'll, I'll take it back. Candlestick was the worst. Candlestick is even worse than Oakland Coliseum because Candlestick didn't have big screen TVs. It looked like they had a flat screen, a 40-inch flat screen that they showed highlights on and the lights went out and you couldn't get out. So it took about three hours to get out of the stadium. They couldn't find the generator and pull the written, pull the string cord <laughs> to, to, to get the lights back on. The Steelers lost. The food was bad. It was just bad. The stick was bad. Hence, they don't play at the stick anymore. Yeah, but now they're in, what, Santa Clara, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that has its challenges, too, because it's about as big as your backyard. I mean, it's really small. I mean, it is really small, the area in which they put Levi Stadium. It's terrible. Everybody hates Levi. Yeah, that's good at this one. This is an interesting one. The most overrated NFL coach. John Gruden. Oh, that's a John good Gruden 10 year deal for winning the Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team. Get out of here. Oh, you just pulled a Steelers, Tomlin one with Cowher. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing that with Gruden and Dungy. I didn't know that was a thing. Get out of <laughs> here. He won the Super Bowl with come on, man. He's overrated, and they were trash afterwards. They were trash afterwards. He's had a couple of good seats. I mean, Chucky is overrated. Chucky is absolutely overrated. Actually, I saw Chucky the other day taking mm -hmm. his walk. Yeah, the Raider coaches take their walks or whatever. So I saw Chucky the other day. Chucky's absolutely overrated. Ten-year deal? 
Who gets a 10-year deal? Are you crazy? Chucky's overrated. <laughs> I'm going to go. I saw someone say this in the live chat, but I'm going to go Sean Payton from the Saints because this guy is touted as like the offensive genius and the mastermind. The dude did win a Super Bowl. I'll give him that. But since then, man, he's had teams that are just loaded. You have this the best statistical quarterback in NFL history in Drew Brees. You think he'd win more than one, don't you? If you're that great, don't you think he'd win more than one? That's ah, just me. I mean, winning Super I'm, Bowls is hard. I know it is. So I, I give him credit because they win. choked in the big game a lot. Gruden is worse. They don't even get there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. This is going to be a fun one. The most overrated fan base. So this is not the most overrated team, the most overrated fan base. Let me tell you what I, I consider. Here's my metric for gauging this. Now, as the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of SB Nation and Vox Media, we have 32 NFL websites for every single NFL team. We are one of the larger websites on the network. We're probably about, I don't know, in the top five, typically, give or take, depending on the news. And even if the Steelers suck, we're still about the top five. But then there are teams that in the offseason, their traffic numbers are high, and then once they start to suck, people stop paying attention. And when you stop paying attention, even when your team is awful, to me, that's when you, you're overrated. You're not really a fan. You're more fair weather. So, Lance, who's the most overrated? I think I know who you're going to say. I think you're just going to keep a trend going. <laughs> no, I miss Cowboy fans. Okay. Cowboy fans. Cowboy fans are horrible. That team is trash, and they act like they're Americans' team. They're not America's team. America's team actually has to win. Like, they just think they're all that, and they lose. They don't even make playoffs half the time. I mean, it, and they're always overhyped. I, Cowboy fans are just disgusting. I don't like Cowboy fans. Browns fans are hard body. Like, I, I give props to Browns fans. They're loyal they're, as crap. They're trash, but they're loyal. Yeah, they are absolutely loyal. You, you know who I'm going to go with? Make sure your brother's listening. <laughs> New England Patriot fans. Yes, they are bad. Because they honestly, bad. when they lost in the playoffs this year, like just using the metric that I spoke of, their traffic tanked. They were the they're they're so used to winning, and there's young kids that are walking around those chowder heads up there in New England, walking around up there just so arrogant because every single team has won since they've been there. You know, the Celtics are always good. The Bruins were in this cup final last year. The Red Sox cheated, but won in 18, 2018. The Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, we know all that stuff. But when they, what are they going to do when Tom Brady's not there? And what are they going to do when they suck? Because they're yeah, going to The faceless suck. man has it. The <laughs> faceless man's comment and sourced of winners. That's yes. what I call my brother who is a Patriots fan. I was like, <laughs> you know, he's a sore winner. And, uh, you know, he's he's absolutely terrible. He, he is a sore winner. So we have a group chat. There's like about 10 of us on our group chat. We Our group chat could just be a sitcom show. It's just absolutely hilarious. Um, but it would have to be edited, really. Uh, definitely. Uh, but 
after they lost, we ripped him at least for like two and a half, three days. <laughs> Memes, <laughs> tweets, like everything, because he's the source of winners. And he was silent as a church. Man. I was going to say, was he responding or was he just oh, like no, just no, totally ignoring? He, he was like, oh, well, we just didn't play good football. Um, you know, they just have to execute better. I'm like, get out of here. When you guys win, he would have ripped everybody for – if they had a won a seventh Super Bowl this year, he would have been intolerable. I He's bet. already intolerable. He already calls Heinz Field Foxborough South. I mean, that's how bad he is. So I'm going to switch to Patriot fan. I don't think – I hate Patriot fan. <laughs> I, sw- I swayed you. I will <laughs> switch you. to Patriot fan because I hear it I every love day. This. I love this comment from Ali. He says, man, I saw a Patriot fan cry right in front of me. I pointed him and laughed. He was 11. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is great. That is great. All right. We have one last one. So one question. I I wish Ali could respond. Did you have to, did you have to put hands on his dad? That just made (laughs) it even better. His dad. Why are you laughing out of an 11 year old? (laughs) And you put the dad in a Cobra clutch. Say it. So Ali say it is so. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Last one, the most overrated NFL rivalry. This is an interesting one. Let's see. So overrated rivalry. I'm I'm, I'm going to agree with the pick, with the rivalry in the tweet. I think Packers versus Bears is overrated. No one I know, no one that I know cares about that rivalry. Actually, most people are like, is it a rivalry? I mean, I'm not used to the right. Bears winning. So I think a rivalry is when it's hotly contested. I'm used to seeing the Bears get beat by the Packers all the time. And the Bears haven't won anything since 86. So I guess it's a rivalry because it's old. But I wouldn't have started the 100th season with Packers versus Bears. I mean, I would have started it with Steelers versus Ravens. But that's just me. And I'm biased, obviously. But... I get the historic nature of it, but Packers, Bears, that's regional. That's a Midwest thing. Nobody out West cares about that at all. Well, when I think of rivalries, it has to have some history behind it. So the NFC East has a lot of history and and the teams like the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Giants and the Redskins. But I can't stand when the NFL tries to fabricate these rivalries. And for some reason, it's probably this year because the NFC West was really good, but like I'm Seattle, no. Like I don't think they're rivals. With like they were trying to Anybody. say Seattle and San Francisco. It's like no, there's no history there. Like, no, that's, no if anything, it's, it. it's 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 San Francisco and the Rams. I mean, that's more of a rivalry than San Francisco Seahawks. But then if you're East, nobody knows that, right? I mean, if you're East, nobody knows. But that was a huge NFC West rivalry because. You know, that was huge. Johnny Jefferson and those guys for the Rams trying to. I mean, that was huge out West, but in the East, nobody cares about that. So it's like, it's like what are you trying to pump up? Tennessee and Jacksonville? Come on. 
I mean, uh, that's not a rivalry. Puke uniforms versus blue (laughs) uniforms. Like, it's tough. You get so enamored with your own division, you know, and and the Steelers and the Ravens and the Steelers and and the Browns, although that's not been as competitive. The Steelers and the Bengals had a couple years where they were really, really tightly contested games. AFC East, can you say there's a rivalry there? I mean, I don't know. Realtree says they'll go out on a limb and say Cowboys Steelers. I mean, how many times do they play each other? It's not even a rivalry anymore. It's once every four years, man. That's it. Once every four years. Well, what's be your answer? What's, what's, what's your overrated rivalry? I'll give you one. Go ahead. You you have, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you one. Steelers Bungles. They tried to make that a rivalry. It that, was was a rivalry. that was a rivalry, but not for a long haul. No, nobody in Pittsburgh considered that. I heard the Bungles. You can't have a rivalry nah, but there with was a hatred. team that there you was can't hatred even say their name. There, there was, was hatred. There was hatred there. There was they big time lose. hatred there. I mean, yeah, I get it. I know what you're talking about. It, it's what's like saying that the Steelers and, and Patriots are a rivalry. It's not. Nah, it's not. The Patriots beat the crap out of them all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think that I honestly don't think there's as many rivalries in the NFL as people think anymore. No, nah, there's only a couple. Th- yeah, and so what are those couples? Uh, you would say someone like okay, uh, Kansas City and Oakland, or now Las Vegas. Now maybe? that's in, now that's interesting. The AFC West, every AFC West divisional game is actually a rivalry game, like Raiders Chiefs, Raiders Broncos, Raiders San Diego, and it's weird living out here that it. I think Raider fans would consider. Kansas City the biggest rival, but a lot of Raider fans still say the Broncos. I mean, so yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. The, it's it's like there's not as many like you said. If you're not in the NFC North, you don't care about Packers Bears. Yeah. You don't care about Lions Packers. You don't care about Vikings and Bears. You just don't care. There was a time when Steelers Ravens, you watched whether you had any rooting interest at all because you knew they were going to absolutely clobber each other every single time they had a chance. I'm not even sure that's even that's even true anymore. So yeah, because it used it, to. It fluctuate. I mean, fluctuate. I mean, Steelers Browns used to be a big rivalry, but no yeah, longer back in the day. All right, now it might be to, though, but it might be now though with the uh, false accusations and the helmet oh, yeah. swinging, gaining some steam. We'll put it that way. Um, okay, now let's go to the last topic here before we call it a show. And that is right before we went on the air, kind of some breaking news from Adam Schefter of ESPN. Sources stating that the, the NFLPA and the NFL are working really hard to get a new collective bargaining agreement together. They want to get a deal done before March 18th, which is the beginning of the new league year. If they can get it in place before that day, that means that they can have all the verbiage and stuff done. And that's something that you spoke about with the salary cap and long-term contracts and how they can structure those. They can get all that stuff done before the new league year. So when they sign players, they know what they can expect in the future. One of the things that the NFL, and I'm not sure if the NFL PA is on board with this yet, that they want to do is they want to extend the amount of teams that get into the playoffs. They want to take it from six to seven per conference. And so what they would do is a top team in both conferences would draw a first round by and the other four teams would play one another. Um, and so what are your thoughts, Lance, on this potential change to the playoff format? Because before I get throw it over to you, if this format existed in 2018 and 2019, the Steelers would have made the playoffs in both years. And they would have played Kansas City this year, correct? 
and they would have played New England in 2018. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I get, I guess, I. You know, I, I, I was just talking to my brother before we came on air. Like, I, I kind of like football where it is. I mean, football for me and Jeff is a little bit different for just the regular fan, just because we do so much work around football. Um, more games is like, oh. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's like, it's like, oh, more <laughs> games, right? Like, it's, it's more games, longer season. It's like, who believe it or not, as much as me and Jeff like the Steelers, when the season is rounding up, we're kind of like, and it's not the playoffs, we're kind of like, who like, yeah. yes, like we can kind of take a deep breath. Uh, I, I think from a player perspective, they need an extra bye week, and if they're going to go to 17 weeks, they need to expand the rosters. Uh, preseason, nobody cares about anyway. I think it's tough for players with two fewer preseason games because players don't have as many opportunities to show their wares and possibly make a team. So I think it's tough on a player from that end. Um, but from a, just being totally selfish as a Steeler fan, no 30% rule, get it done. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just looking at this from a bracket standpoint. And figuring out how it was Jeff odd odd number of games is weird. I don't I don't think there's ever it been a really professional weird. league around odd number of games. I mean, it's always been even. I mean, it's I mean, so I guess the Steelers would have finished uh I don't know. I mean, you can you finish eight and nine. That's weird. That just feels weird. I guess it works mathematically. I mean, it's percentages, and whoever has the best winning percentage, you still get in, but eight and seven. I mean, eight and nine feels weird. I I like I actually like the new playoff format. Let a seventh team in. What the heck? You might get a team that shocks another, another team. You know, no one expected Tennessee to go on the run that they did. Let, let's give them a shot. I mean, what the heck? Who cares? I, I mean, mean, it's a money thing. I mean, it's it a is, money oh, thing. Yes, it's a I money mean, thing. I think teams, if you could expand the roster as well because of the cutting off of the last two preseason games, and that affecting people's ability to make rosters. If you could add a bye week, expand the rosters by maybe three to five positions, I think teams would go for it. It's just, it makes, it really makes winning a Super Bowl a lot more difficult than it ever has if you win it, if you're not a one seed. Yeah. I mean, having to play three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl, I mean, that that's... Well, hey, think about this too. You're not going to have teams resting guys as much at the end of the season. Don't think they're not thinking about that too. There's only one team that gets a bye. And if that team's locked up, you're jockeying for position the rest of the way. And so. So the first game, Jeff, would be the wild card game, I'm assuming. So the seven plays the two. You there's win only that. One, there's only one team that gets a bye. All other teams. So you got playing, three games that weekend. Mm -hmm. So you got three games it that weekend. Brackets itself off, so you would have the, I believe it would be the lower seeded bracket would the 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 top seed would be playing that team, the winner of that game, and then you'd have the other two winners playing one another in like the divisional round. So the seven seed would could could foreseeably play the two, play the one. <laughs> Could play the I'm not, two yeah, I'd have one. to. Right. I'd have to see how they would actually manipulate that in a bracket standpoint. But yeah, 
pretty much. Yeah, the top uh, bracket would probably always play the lowest remaining seed. I mean yeah. that. I mean that's that's your reward. Um, I, I it's just tough. I mean, I think if you don't get that by, it's just going to be really tough for you to play to make it to the Super Bowl because you got to win an extra playoff game. You got to make. You got to win three games now instead yeah. of two. And let's see what happens. We'll see. But uh, Lance, anything to add before we call it a show? <laughs> Too confusing. <laughs> it can be confusing. Absolutely. What, is this is this correct? What Kevin Shin said? The seventh plays the second. Six. Yeah, six plays the third, and the fourth plays the fifth. Yeah, that would be the that would be the first round weekend. bracket. Yeah, that'd be the opening bracket. And so, yeah. Hey, reseeded. Ah. <laughs> uh, How about just I, eight teams? 18 playoffs, no buy. Let's go. Just put eight teams in. Well, that's what uh, your boy Jeffrey Benedict said. He said, I like the 17 playoff as well because once they do that, it's a bit of time before they go to eight and get rid of the Yeah, they're going to get rid of – Jeffrey wants to kill people. You need bye weeks. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, these guys are absolutely beat to death by the end oh. of the season. Almost forgot. Isaac, at the very beginning of the show, put $5 in the tip jar. We appreciate that. He said, should the Steelers try to get Jason Witten on a veteran minimum if he would take it for one year? Would you be okay with that at the tight end? He's not a good player, no. <laughs> and he wasn't good in the booth with Booger as well. So, no. Booger. No, no one says no better than Lance. Not just a, nah, I'm not really interested. I think it's. I think he's past his run. He's not a good player, so no. <laughs> look, at, look at Jeffrey Benedict. You want rest? Don't make the playoffs. <laughs> See, Jeffrey's that type of guy like Roger Goodell when he said uh, football was about as dangerous as falling off a couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like Well, oh, before we go, let me give you my quick Dan Patrick story. Sure. Why I don't like Dan Patrick. So as you guys, well, you guys may you're not know. Favorite, I've been, so you got to be careful. I've been podcasting since 05, so I've been doing this like 15 years. And so I came up with the term years ago called the positive hostage. And the positive hostage is a guy that does all the right things for your football team. He's a productive player, does the right things in the community. He's a positive guy. But he holds your team hostage because once he gets old, you still have to pay the guy his production diminished and you're paying him for all of that past production, not future success or future production. So I coined the term around Brett Favre and I call Brett Favre the positive hostage. So my brother calls me one day I'm driving home. My brother calls me and he's just irate. I mean, my brother is just pissed off to the highest levels of pissivity. He's listening to Dan Patrick and he says, Lance, Dan Patrick just used the term positive hostage. He's using your exact take that you put out on your show yesterday. I swear it's verbatim. What are you going to do about this? He's just robbing your material. He's just stealing from you. I said, Trace, there's nothing that you can do. You can only take it as a compliment. And in this business, you know, what happens is people rob, people take, people steal, and it's just a compliment. It's sort of like a comedian. If they steal your jokes, you know you're funny. And so that's my Dan Patrick story. He stole my material. <laughs> and so I never support Dan Patrick. He's a biter. I like Dan Patrick. He's my favorite. Him and uh, 
Him and Christopher Mad Dog Russo, they get my ears almost every single day. So they're they're two of my personal favorites. Homer and Hater. See, he likes Dan and Ben, right? He he likes Dan and Ben Roethlisberger. The two guys I allegedly, well, I probably don't like that much. So yeah, no, we know. There's some people like there was a great YouTube comment yesterday that was suggesting that you really don't like the Steelers. (laughs) I laughed out loud as I read it because I get emails every time someone leaves a comment on YouTube. I get an email and it just said, oh, my gosh, Lance, he's not even a Steeler fan. That's what they said. I said, I I, I I responded with, I agree 100 percent. And I've been doing this for like six years. (laughs) You know, and the funny thing about the Homer and the Hater show is I'm actually the Homer. No, what? I mean, I'm actually the homer. I mean, I'm the guy that's actually from 10 minutes from the stadium. I'm the oh, homer. Oh, right? oh, I'm actually the saying. homer. <laughs> right? I'm actually the homer, right? Like, I'm born in Pittsburgh. I'm from around the corner from the stadium. I'm a north side guy. I mean, my granddad knew the chief. I mean, I'm actually a super homer. But I guess that doesn't matter. None of that matters. But I was born in Allegheny County. I mean, yet why Christ do you day, hate? Yet why do you hate the team so much? I'm just a realist. <laughs> You're a realist. Just keep it real. <laughs> and I did not kill Tupac. Does Lance listen to himself? <laughs> All right, Lance. I'm from the home, Wes. All right, Lance. Why don't you go ahead and send us off? It's been a good show. As always, Wes. Tune in. Tell a friend. And subscribe. Couldn't have said it better myself. We'll see you next Wednesday. Lance hate it, hates because he loves so hard. We'll put it that way. That's thank you for giving him an out, Ezra. Um, all right, here we go. Uh tune in, tell a friend you already said it. There you go. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out behind the steel curtain.com. We'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of the standard is the standard. <laughs>